What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com. That's H-A-W-G Sports.com. This is your Hog Sports Arkansas Ole Miss primer. We're going to break down this game. David Johnson is going to join us from Ole Miss Spirit. He's been covering the Rebels for a number of years. Keith Grayson will also join us to break down this game. All that and more on Hog Sports Live. Okay, before we jump in, as always, guys, there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. Always streaming live on Facebook. So on YouTube, be sure to subscribe, hit that notifications bell so you're notified anytime that we upload a new video, and throw us a like if you haven't done so already. Also available on Apple Podcasts, throw us a five-star review if you haven't done so already, and Spotify and Stitcher, of course. Hogsports.com is just $1 right now for your first month, or you can sign up for a year, take 30% off your first year, and get a seven-day free trial with that. So now that that's out of the way, this Ole Miss game is so big, guys. I mean, we've been talking about this one for forever. Not only has Arkansas had this marked on their schedule, but I have too just because of the significance of it. I go back and I think about some of the key games in recent memories on the road that was a chance for Arkansas to have a turning point. You know, you think about Arkansas-Alabama in 1995, uh, the season of first. Arkansas-Tennessee in 98, which they lost that one. Arkansas-Auburn in 06, which really, you know, helped propel that team into the national spotlight, even though they'd beaten Alabama before that. Arkansas-Georgia in 2010, when, you know, you look at that as a good but, you know, averages Georgia team, and Arkansas is looking to take the next step. Are they going to go on the road and take care of business in that one? That was a huge defining game for the Bobby Petrino era. Arkansas-Texas Tech in, in 2014, I mean, that was a, that was another one. Is, is Brett Bielema's system going to work? And then, of course, Arkansas-Auburn in 16, when uh, they just went down there and got smashed, when a lot of people thought they were going to go down there and play well. So this is that type of game. This is a chance to throw 2-10 and 10 out. 2-10 and 10 is over if you win this one. This is a program trending in the right direction if you win this game. So Austin Caps didn't go out there during the full team period, but he came out later. And he's listed as, as questionable for this one. If he doesn't start, then, you know, they're going to have some shake-up. But I think you're going to see Austin Capps start. He got rolled up a little bit in the game. Colton Jackson, same deal, didn't go out there in the team period, but they're just trying to rest him to get him out there. So they've been working with Myron Cunningham at left tackle, Kirby Adcock at left guard, Ricky Stromberg at right guard. Ricky Stromberg will play in this one. He played some in the last one, but he will play in this one. But I think it's going to it's gonna shake out okay where they'll have their starting offensive line out there. Shane O'Grady is out there in full. Uh, he's good to go you know he, he was just missing last week just I think just to get totally healthy uh, so he'll be out there uh, Devon McClure's got a thumb issue he's been in green but he was back out there in full and aside from that it's pretty much you know some of the same guys well Chase Harrell is was in green Tuesday but aside from that pretty much the same guys Jamario Bell we know he's had a, a bit of a knee so he's 50-50 to play in the game also if they if they don't play Jamario that they're going to have Mateo Soli at right end who's got basically it looks like a boxing glove that's just taped up. I mean, there's no there's no mitten. <laughs> I mean, it's just like a giant ball. It's like a club on the end of his arm. But he'll start it right in, and Gabe Richards will start it left in. That's probably how they're going, even if Jamario Bell can't help him. So that's pretty much it. Of course, Dorian Gerald out for the season. That's a tough one. All right, so let's get to Chad Morris's last interview. This is the last time that Morris will have talked to the media until after the game Saturday. This is about a minute and a half. Big game here this week, so uh, excited about uh, the opportunity we got to get on the road. SEC opener, um, going to be a great environment. Our guys are excited and uh, had a really good practice yesterday 
anticipate great energy today. So, well, I think they're all important, you know. Um, every game is. And, you know, to travel on the road, especially when you when you consider playing on the road in this league and how hard it is to, to win on the road, um, you know, this is a big ball game for, for both teams. And But they're all big ball games. And so uh, we're going to see a much improved Ole Miss team. We know that, as I said earlier. Uh, they got two fantastic offensive and defensive coordinators that have been in this situation before. They've both been head coaches, um, and, and, and they understand what it takes to get from week one to week two and get better, uh, just like our, our staff does. And so you'll see two much-improved football teams um, Saturday night. So recruiting, you guys have been recruiting against a 2-10 and 10 record. How mm -hmm. far would this go? showing recruits that things are trending the right way? Well, I mean, just all aspects of our program, just a uh, – a great opportunity for this program and uh, to continue to step in the right direction. I mean, this is a big ball game. We, we understand that. Uh, these players understand that. They, they understand what happened last year. Uh, they understand that for the last four years that it's come down to 10 points, a four-quarter ball game. It's not going to be any different this week. But, you know, you know, a ball game like this and, and you go win on the road, it's, it does wonders for, for your program. All right, that's head coach Chad Morris in his last interview before the game. So, some interesting stuff from, from Chad Morris. He realizes how big this game is. I mean, there's no question. This is just a huge, huge football game for the Razorbacks. A couple of guys that came into the media room today, Traylon Burks and Trey Knox. Everybody's been wanting to hear from these two players. I mean, there's a lot of freshmen that people are intrigued with, but these guys are, you know, wide receivers. Players that you would hope one day would not just be good players who, you know, aren't going to mess up for you, but guys that are going to be difference makers. You know, guys that are going to go up and make huge plays in the passing game uh, in their career. And it'll start at some point this year. We got a taste of it on Saturday against Portland State, but uh, these guys are two special kids. I mean, they're young men. They're they are. You can just tell they've got just kind of a presence about them when they. Uh, when they entered the room, just um, two very different players uh, in terms of their personality, but in different styles too. I mean, Burks is 6'3", 223-pound slot receiver, and Knox is 6'5", 205, a guy that can go up and get it. So uh, anxious to see what those guys – I've cut up a little bit, a little video of these two guys. This is about three minutes, some of the best of with Trey Knox and Traylon Burks. The first voice you're going to hear on this video is going to be Traylon Burks. So for those listening, second voice is Trey Knox. Oh, Miss Week is going to be a lot tougher on us. We're going to have to do a lot of more studying and uh, film time, and so it'll be a it'll be a big experience for us. Well, he's big. I mean, he's huge actually. Linebacker body playing in the slot, so I mean that's always noticeable. Um, he has a weird like love for Western films that I've gotten to notice. Uh, yeah, like he wakes up early in the morning, like watches them. I'm like, bro, like you should be sleeping right now. <laughs> like he'll put on his story, like it'd be like four or five in the morning before a workout, and he's watching westerns. I'm like, okay, I guess that's how you get your day started. But uh, I mean, yeah, he's a he's a cool guy to get to know because not too many people are trailing Burke. So we're always competing, laughing, joking around. But when it's time to play, we all take it serious and go out there and do our jobs. Traylon's a he likes to duck his head and just works. Uh, I mean, we both like to work hard, but he just goes about it in a you know quiet way. I just approach everything with a smile because everything could be worse than what it is. So I mean, I'm blessed to be here. I'm blessed. God has put me in a position to do His work. So I mean, I can't complain. 
Yeah, I've been fishing a little bit, but I really haven't had any much time due to fall camp and now since season has started. So I've, I was always outdoors fishing and hunting and stuff, so that's all I did. Yeah, it's uh, 615, you know, shout out. But yeah, that's me. Uh, love country music, big influence. Um, you know, Nashville's really down the street from where I live, so we go up there all the time, hang out, listen to Luke Bryan just shows up sometimes and just plays, so I'm a big Luke Bryan guy, so. I mean, I love country music. It wasn't really like getting started in science. We had to earn it. Um, we had to come and work every day. They didn't give us nothing. So we had to come out and work and push ourselves and to be better and push the older older players to be better. So, I mean, it wasn't like it was given to us. We had to earn it. It shows what we have coming in the future and just to get our feet wet for this year, just to know that we have a couple more years playing in the SEC. What do you see out of that Ole Miss secondary? Uh, I mean, they're pretty good, but I feel like we're going to dominate. Just being honest with you. We're going to put a lot of points up this game. Uh, Coach Craddock's been preaching he has a great plan, and I believe it. And after watching the film and just last week's game, I think we can go in there and really dominate on the offensive side of the ball. Were you nervous at all going into the game? Uh, just a little bit. I mean, not, not really. I mean, I'm not a nervous person. I'm just ready to play. Not too nervous anymore. I got those jitters out last game, so I think I'm just ready to go in there and play. It's been a great journey. I mean, I've enjoyed every bit of it. Thank God and my family and, the, and Coach Morris for letting me be a part of this team. And, I mean, I'm just blessed. We developed a relationship. We got to know each other. I began to trust Coach Stepp and Coach Craddock and Coach Morris, and they're planning on building this program back up, so I had to be a part of it. We have a great plan for this week going into this game Saturday. And I think we're going to stick to that, and we're just going to try to score as many points as we need to win the game. I told you. I told you. Two very impressive young men. Trailing, trailing goes, they're pretty good, but I think we're going to dominate. Just, just trying to be honest with you. That was awesome. Give, throw a thumbs up if you like that. If you like that. I mean, that was I, – I really like what I see out of those two kids. Just a presence about them. I don't want to get to a couple of these questions and comments here so they don't roll off the page because we do run into that usually in high traffic on this on this show. So Chase Hogan Jones says, I'm ready for Saturday. So many blockbuster games. Really hope A&M plays Clemson good. I guess Texas LSU. Hoping the Hogs pull it out. Very interesting games this weekend. Should be, should be a great weekend and a 6.30 game in Oxford. Uh, should be real entertaining. We'll talk with Pete Rulier. Pete Rulier is going to be at the game for Hog Sports for this one. So we'll talk to him, um, hopefully downfield level, uh, after the game is over on Saturday. We always do a post-game reaction. I usually do a walk and talk, but this week it'll be a little different because Pete will be there. Josh Grubb says 34-21, to 21, Arkansas gets first SEC win. Like I said, it's a, it's a turning point type of game for him. Wayne Blaylock says this is the Hogs bowl game. Hope not. Win, you go home, lose, stay home. I, I mean, I think there are four games in the SEC that they can win. Now, I'm not so sure. You know, Colorado State looked okay against Colorado. Dustin Hoofman says, do you expect a mixture of quarterback in this game? I think we're going to see Nick Starkle earlier in this game. Uh, and I think that there's a possibility that he could finish this game depending on how things go. I mean, if Hicks comes in and starts lighting it up, then he'll stay in. But I think I think we'll see Starkle earlier. Uh, people know my stance. I said, you know, if I thought that if – Starkle had come in and thrown an interception there instead of – or thrown a touchdown instead of an interception, uh, then he would have started the second half last week and maybe this one too. Brandon Atwell says, where is Shabar and Ash on the depth chart plus O'Grady will be back, I think, huge. Yeah, I mean, you got O'Grady back. Knox, Burks, O'Grady. 
I mean, that's three pretty good targets, you know, and, you know, Rakeem Boyd. Rakeem had two catches for 36 yards last year uh, in this game. So you've got some passing game options there. Uh, and Devion Warren has done some good things, mainly on reverses and stuff, but maybe you get him involved in some stuff like that. Uh, and Shamar Nash is still working his way in. I doubt you see Shamar Nash travel for this one. You know, they're just going to travel six or seven, probably seven wide receivers for this one. So I doubt you see. Uh, Nash. Colby Stout says, do you think they will be there will be more shots downfield this week? This is the opportunity for us to see the full tilt biggie, full tilt boogie, hammer down, left lane, all that stuff. If they got it, then we're going to see it this week. This is the first chance. Last year they only ran 30% of the offense. Last week was vanilla. So if they have it, then we're going to see it. There's no reason to hold back. This was a, a huge game, as I said. All right, so – Ole Miss Spirit publisher David Johnson been covering the team for a number of years, and we've got him on the hotline, and we are, we're going to go to, to David Johnson now. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hello. Hey, David. How you doing? Good, Trey. How are you? Doing good, man. So as I mentioned, I'm here with David Johnson, co-publisher of Ole Miss Spirit, the 24-7 Ole Miss site. And David and his team have been doing it a long time. And, David, let's just jump right into it, I guess. Uh, your impressions on the Memphis Ole Miss opener. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, it was really a, a, a tale of two halves, if you will. Uh, the first half, the Ole Miss offense was quite the hot mess. Uh, they kind of found some things that worked for them. In the third and fourth quarter, they were able to claw back from a 13-0 halftime deficit uh, but still fell short at the end. Uh, defensively, I think I was very impressed with what I saw from Mike McIntyre's 3-4 uh, defense that he has brought to Oxford. Uh, they they handled Memphis extremely well, shut the Tigers out in the second half. Uh, the, the question marks from week one are, are surprisingly not on the defensive side of the ball, where Ole Miss has struggled mightily the last two to three years, they're on the offensive side of the ball where Ole Miss fans have kind of become accustomed to, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a show on every Saturday. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a football team that failed to rush for 100 and failed to pass for 100 in its debut. And uh, 
there are a whole lot of question marks and a whole lot of work they're going to have to get done this week to prepare for Arkansas Saturday night. Absolutely. I mean, we're used to seeing so much more production from Ole Miss, and you do have a lot of changeover, and sometimes I guess it takes a little time for that. But you also lost uh, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Dawson Knox, and then on the offensive line, Greg Little, Greg Little, Javon Patterson, you know, all in the NFL draft, and Jordan Tomu, who used to give Arkansas fits, obviously. A lot, and I, I was looking back at it in that 2016 class, it was ranked number five in the country. So many of those players are no longer with the roster, like 16 of them. You know, uh, some of them have gone on to the NFL, some of them have transferred out. What is your overall take on the talent this year on the Ole Miss roster? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great question, obviously. And, and you're right to go back to that 2016 class. Very few of those kids are still left on this team. Um, you know, and I go back to a year ago, two years ago, when guys were transferring out of this program, and they were young guys at the time who did not have critical roles during games, but you knew there was going to come a day of reckoning where those guys would be needed, and uh, particularly with the depth on the offensive line. Um, there really is no depth on the Ole Miss offensive line. They played six guys on Saturday. Uh, they they hope to play seven uh Saturday night against Arkansas, uh, one of them being a true freshman uh, who will get some snaps at left tackle and Nick Broker. But you look back and you've got a guy like Jack DeFore. Jack DeFore is starting for Georgia Tech this year. He's part of that 2016 Ole Miss class. He transferred out. You've got a guy like Tony Gray who left last December starting for Central Florida this year, another offensive tackle. He transferred out. Those guys would have at least been here to provide some quality depth for this Ole Miss offensive line. They signed seven true freshmen in the 2019 class. They think one of them is ready. That's the broker kid I talked about who will take some reps at left tackle Saturday night. But the rest of them are still works in progress, and they're kind of uh, they're they're kind of having to play with what they've got up front right now, and that uh, that showed up uh, tremendously in the first half against Memphis. And then you mentioned the fact that AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, guys like Demarcus Lodge, Dawson Knox, all these great professional type pass catchers, all of them in the NFL right now, they were on last year's team. They're gone. So uh, you're rebuilding a wide receiver core. And to be honest with you, the view from up top, the Liberty Bowl on Saturday, those guys had trouble creating separation and getting space against the Memphis secondary. So lots of concerns for Ole Miss on the offensive side of the ball. David Johnson from Ole Miss Spirit joining us here. If you're the lonely Ole Miss fan in Arkansas, go check out his site, omspirit.com. We'll get you there. Uh, and they do a great job over there. And as I said, have done for a number of years. I would say, you know, one of the things that, that jumped out that was a little disappointing, Matt Corral is, you know, very highly regarded quarterback, just a redshirt freshman, 9 of 19 passes, 93 yards, and an interception. How much of that was just having to get in sync with those receivers? And I'll say, really, you know, I say he was, you know, disappointing in his showing, but the offensive line for Ole Miss, it just, it just seemed like they couldn't get any protection. How much of that was offensive line? How much of it was Corral? And what do you think uh, he's going to do in this game? I think it was probably about an equal mix. Uh, I, I think Matt Corral would be the first person to tell you he didn't make some good decisions in that game against Memphis. Uh, you know, there's a lot of reading going on in the Ole Miss offense, a lot of RPOs. He's got a pass option or a run option on just about every snap. Uh, and, and some of that decision-making wasn't good. You're exactly right. He played under duress most of that game, not a lot of time back there to operate. Uh, 
Um, I mean, again, it, it was just a, uh, I, I don't think I'm wrong in saying a major disappointment when you consider Rich Rodriguez uh, is the new offensive coordinator here, and he has a history of having some dynamic offenses. And Matt Corral, with the, uh, with the talent that he comes in at, with and the billing that he has, and even the limited action we saw him play as a true freshman last season, you would have expected more. But I, I, I don't think you can put the blame on any one area. As I mentioned, the offensive line played atrocious, mm-hmm. particularly in, in the first half. Pains me to say that because I, I don't know if you know this or not, but my kid is a center yeah. <laughs> on that offensive line. But uh, they'll be the first ones to tell you that uh, you know they've got to pick it up for Saturday night. But the receivers as well, and 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 Corral's performance were certainly lacking in, in game one. But it was game one, and it's been said you know your biggest improvement is going to be made between game one and game two. And we're, we're going to see that play out Saturday night against Arkansas in a, in a series, you know, lately that Lord, Lord only knows uh, how, it, how it's going to play out. Yeah, Arkansas needs that improvement from game one to game two. I don't know if you caught much of the Arkansas game, but it was yeah. it was a bit of a struggle against an FCS team. A lot of struggles around the SEC in, in opening weekend uh, there. So uh, what are your impressions of this game? What do you think is going to happen? I know when I was talking to you earlier, you, you kind of said it's going to be either way, back and forth, but do you have a prediction? Have you come up with a score prediction for this one? You know what, man? I tell you, I usually release my, my, my prediction on Friday, and I don't know if I'll be in a better position on Friday than I am today mm-hmm. as we're talking on a Wednesday. Um, so much I know. Uh, as to how uh, it is. It's just absolutely so much unknown. Both of them have to have to be better than they were last week. I think that's a given. Uh, but uh, you know, if if I were to pick Ole Miss to beat Arkansas, I would do so with no level of confidence whatsoever. And I guess I'll just kind of leave it at that. Um, I think this one's going to be a battle. I really do. I don't think either one's going to run away from the other. I think it's going to come down to uh, probably who makes the the last worst mistake and the other team being able to capitalize on that. I really do. And I know it's important on both sides of the fence. I certainly know how important it is on the Ole Miss side of the fence for uh, you know, for Matt Luke, for this fan base, for these players. Uh, I think it's fair to say that probably Arkansas looks at this game as, as their most likely SEC win, and I think it's probably fair to say Ole Miss looks at this game as their most likely opportunity to win an SEC game. And, um, you know, that's what's on the line. I think it's an intriguing matchup, but it's so early in the season, it's really kind of hard to look at it and, 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 and decide who's got the better pieces and the better counter pieces and things like that. There's just so many unknowns about both these groups. You won't find many more intriguing games versus two teams that are, you know, really going to struggle to get to a bowl game this season than Arkansas will miss. A lot of interesting storylines. And speaking of interesting things, I'm going to get you out of here with this, David. Your thoughts on Hugh Freeze calling plays from a hospital bed up in the press box. What did you think of that? (laughs) Honestly, if I'm going to be totally honest, I thought it was a stunt. Yeah. Um, I I just, um, you know, I, I, I wish Coach Freeze all the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, I certainly hope he uh, he gets well soon. Uh, but um, I, I don't know if that was if he did his football team more good or created more of a distraction for them uh, by doing that on Saturday night. Uh, not for me to decide, but uh, I, I guess I can have an opinion on it. Uh, but uh, I would put it more in the stunt category than uh, in the being effective 
category. Yeah, I'm not sure it was a good stunt either. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of when Bobby Petrino came in with that neck brace uh, after he had his motorcycle <laughs> accident. And now that picture's everywhere, you know. And now, you know, all this Hugh Freeze stuff with him giving the thumbs up and Dino well, Babers well, pointing up to him. I mean, it's just, it, was, it just had it, a weird vibe to it. it it's it's kind of interesting that you say that because I know the Petrino neck brace thing spawned some Halloween costumes and mm-hmm. uh, uh, I, I'm in the Old Miss media room yesterday and I won't name names but somebody came up with a brilliant idea that, oh, that they were going to get a hospital bed and out in awesome. the front yard Halloween night with a visor on and hand out candy. That so, is fantastic. Uh, similarity, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no doubt. All right, David, appreciate you, brother. Trey, thanks for having me on. All right, that's David Johnson with Old Miss Spirit. And David has been doing that for a long time. You can go to omspirit.com if you're the lonely Ole Miss fan listening to this podcast right now and check out their stuff. David and I exchanged questions, did a little – he calls it Ask the Expert. I call it Behind Enemy Lines. And I'm going to get to his questions for me in a second, but first I'm going to make sure I get to your questions uh, to make sure we don't have anything roll off the page here. Terry Roy, who is Devwall Whaley's uncle, says they can't continue with the switching at quarterback. That's a bad sign. I agree. I mean, you obviously want that to stop at some point, Terry. And um, at the same time, I feel for this game, get Ben Hicks in. If Ben Hicks didn't lighten it up, then get Nick Starkle in early and then make a decision very early in the game. I think you see Starkle a lot earlier in this one. Uh, so make a decision and then hopefully they can go with it after that. Uh, Terry, or excuse me, that was Terry. Uh, Gregory Curl, who is Cameron Curl's father, Coach Greg Curl, says Mike Woods is automatic, good hands, give him the ball. Had five catches on Saturday. That kind of goes, he's kind of been overshadowed a little bit by the freshman uh, just in discussion, but Mike Woods is absolutely a part of this, and I think I left him out earlier when I was talking about some of the weapons, but Mike Woods, uh, definitely a weapon, and uh, thanks for that, Coach Curl. Jennifer Daw says, I agree. I believe they need to pick one quarterback. Jake Belk says, I see your excitement in Burks and Trey's comments. This is one chance. I mean, you could feel it when those guys walked in the room. I mean, they've done interviews before, but that's the first time as Razorbacks. Uh, Daniel and Jill Walter says, Woo Pig. Jan Sears says, What channel is the game on Saturday? That's SEC Network. I know on DirecTV, I think that's 611 on DirecTV. Patrick Tina Painton says, Woo Pig Suey. Andrew Sims says, We shall see. Patrick, uh, we got a lot of comments here. Let's get to some questions. Bobby Swain says, going to be an, another long weekend for you, Dave, just being honest. <laughs> Patrick Tina Payton says, Hogs win. How many people will jump back on the wagon? They will. I mean, people will forget the last game. They'll, they'll stop thinking about 2-10 and 10 so much. This will stop being a 2-10 and 10 team and a team that's trending in the right direction. Uh, let's see. More realistic against Ole Miss, a freshman wide receiver touchdown or an interception from the defense. I think both are realistic possibilities. Dollar DP says, Trey, I feel lied to. Ty Clary snap still has no zip. Tell me why I'm wrong. I mean, I didn't notice really a problem. I mean, he's not like zipping it back there. He's, you know, more flicking it back there. Um, I haven't noticed a huge issue with the snaps. I didn't notice a problem with the offensive line in that game. There's been so many people that have been critical of the offensive line, but I mean, against that opponent, no, it wasn't an issue. And against this opponent, maybe. I mean, Benito Jones versus Ty Clary. Ty's a a tad undersized. Benito Jones is huge. Right over him at the nose tackle. So, nose guard. Stacy Patterson says, INT from the defense. Andrew Sims says, who is David predicting to win? David hasn't done his. I think he waits till Friday to to make his predictions. Uh, Reginald Lunny says, if the offense shows up, we'll have a good chance to win. I like the way the defense looked on the field too much. Now, I'll say this. 
when it all comes down to it, I feel like it's going to be a very close game, and I have a tendency in close games to pick the home team, even though Arkansas has won close games in Oxford recently. But I just have a tendency to do that. Maybe I feel like if I pick them to lose, then they'll win. I don't know. But I'm going 29-24 Ole Miss right now. But this is absolutely a game that either team can win. I mean, you just have to make a prediction. So I usually, if I think it's going to be close, I go with the home team. That's just kind of been my policy. But either team can win this one. I think it's going to be a great game, great environment. Hopefully a little more high scoring, but I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit of defense. I mean, I thought Ole Miss's defense played really well uh, against a high-powered offense for for Memphis, and, and Arkansas's defense played well overall uh, in the game, albeit uh, an FCS-level opponent. Matt Worley says comes down to the O-line and D-line, which I, I think for Arkansas, both of those units played well, again, against an FCS opponent. Ray Stapler says, I think we might see our first OT game Saturday. In the preseason, I predicted an, a 38-31 Ole Miss win in overtime, but I dropped it down just a little bit after seeing the offenses on, on last week, although I'm not sure how much that's going to spill over into this game. Ray Howard says Knox and Burks will be first, but may get may get both in this game, hopefully. Bill Ferguson says, I look to curl, have an INT, and lay the wood to some Ole Miss wide receiver. Um, Cameron Curl had the best game for an Arkansas safety in seven years. That was the best an Arkansas safety has played. And I know the opponent level, but that's the best an Arkansas safety has performed in seven years since Jermaine Thomas. Bobby Swain says, all I need to know right there, there's been a lot of games with these two teams, 60-something, 63 games between Arkansas and Ole Miss. Some, um, and we'll get to that in a minute about this rivalry. Hugh is such a goober. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that was such a gimmick. D-line needs to do its job. Terry says Saturday's game will come down to who's the better coach. It could. I think that Morse is a better coach than Luke. So far, I haven't been dramatically impressed with Luke. Boyd will need to rush for 150-175. Had 109 in the first half last year before he went down with an injury. Let's see. Good afternoon from Moody Air Force Base in South Georgia. You down there with the Nats, Chad Everett. I know what the Nats are like in South Georgia. Hogs win again and forget 2-10. and 10. Defense looked solid last week, continue to do worse. Love Trey Burks and Trey Knox, what they did. Let's see. Boyd needs to carry the ball at least 25 times. I agree with that. Give it, just feed it to him. Will we see Bush and Cattle on this week? I think it just depends on how the game shakes out. I think there's a possibility you don't see him, though. And they played the starting corners the whole game last week. Okay, let's get into this real quick. This is 10 questions. He calls it Ask the Expert. The importance of this game weighing heavily on the minds of Ole Miss program and fan base. Is there a similar sense in Arkansas? Absolutely. I mean, everybody's been have this game circled. I mean, I kind of broke that down earlier, so I won't go into too much detail. But, I mean, everything from recruiting. I mean, you know kids in Memphis are going to be watching this game. There will be some kids at this game. And Arkansas and, Memphis, and Tennessee, Arkansas and Ole Miss both recruit Memphis heavily. So you're watching the game as a recruit. At some point you find yourself rooting on one team or the other. You know, so I, I I think absolutely. No SEC teams like to celebrate a seven-point win over an FCS program. Can you decide the move Arkansas program fan? But I think people are obviously disappointed, scared, thinking things aren't going in the right direction. I mean, there's a lot of emotions coming out of that one. I know I was disappointed. Before going into the game, I said the most disappointing thing that we could have with this program since November of last year when they lost 38-0 to Missouri is that they come out in this opener and look sloppy. I don't know if they look sloppy. I mean, they had the drops. They just looked out of sync a little bit. They just kind of seemed out of sync. I mean, you can change some things. I mean, we go back and change plays. I know you can't do that. But if you could, 
You go back and change a few drops on third downs, three drops on third down, uh, the, the fall down by Mike Woods. You have better uh, clock management there at the end of the first half. You don't throw an interception there in the end zone. And maybe you're talking about a 41-13 game. Just a few things here and there, and, and we're not feeling so bad about it. Well, Hog tra- fans travel well on Saturday. Any idea how, make, how many make the trip to Oxford? Who's going? Give me a thumbs up. Throw a thumbs up if you're going. You don't have to reply in the comment section. Just throw a thumbs up if you're going to Oxford on Saturday. Teams usually a lot, 10,000 visitor fans in the SEC, uh, visitor tickets. So I have no idea what to expect there. But obviously, Arkansas fans fill over into, spill over into Tennessee and Mississippi and, Mississippi and Ole Miss fans spill over into those states as well. Can you give us one area where you feel the Razorbacks have a distinct advantage over Ole Miss this Saturday? I think it could be on the offensive line versus defensive line. I thought that Ole Miss's offensive line got pushed uh, on Saturday. Uh, So I think Arkansas's defensive line can get the better of them. And if that happens, then Arkansas's defensive backs will get the better of them too. I think it's interesting when you look at Ole Miss, that 2016 recruiting class that was ranked number five in the country, one of the ones that made everybody going, what's going on at Oxford right now? There's like two guys that were four or five stars in that class that are still with the team contributing. Two guys. Everybody else has transferred out, moved on to the NFL. There's only five four-star players on this roster for Ole Miss that are starting. Only five that are starting. Arkansas has nine, I think. They're going to have nine starting. Eight or nine. Yeah, nine. A lot different. So... Is this an area where you believe Ole Miss holds an advantage? I'm not sure what he's asking there. Oh, is there an area where Ole Miss holds an advantage? The home field. It's an SEC night game in Oxford. That's a that's a huge deal. I mentioned earlier Benito Jones matched up right over center on Ty Clary. Plus there's a possibility that you have Ricky Strongberg. I don't think it'll come to that, but there's a possibility that you could have Ricky Strongberg starting. I don't think it's going to happen that way. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not, so – but that was, those would be advantages for Ole Miss. Hicks or Starkle are some of both quarterbacks Saturday. I've already gone over that. I said I think it'll be both early on. I think they'll pick one and go with it. That's what I, how I think things will start. I think, obviously, they're going to start out with Ben Hicks. I know it's only year two, but is this one Morris has to win? We've talked about that. I'm not going to go over that too much more. But this is a huge turning point type of game. It's a possibility for a huge turning point. I and mean, it's a possibility to – Take this team, win this one, get some momentum, go 4-0 heading into that Texas A&M game in Arlington. Moore seemed to elude Rakeem Boyd having his dander up for this one after what happened last year. They think there's no question. I mean, the guy goes 109 yards, has two catches for 36 yards in the first half before going down with a tailbone injury. Um, Arkansas was up 27-10 with 2.36 to play before halftime, 30-17 midway through the third quarter. If Ty Clary – or excuse me, if uh, Ty Story – if Rakeem Boyd or Devwall Whaley, any one of those three stay healthy and make it through that game, then Arkansas wins. I firmly believe that's how it would have played out. Does Arkansas look at Ole Miss as a hated rival or just another SEC opponent? I think so. I mean, Arkansas fans have had rivalries shoved down their throat the last 26 years since joining the SEC. Two, two teams getting together. Two teams, Arkansas and Missouri, working together to create a rivalry. What's wrong with that? That doesn't make any sense. Arkansas and Ole Miss is a rivalry. They're 400 miles apart. You can go back to 1914 where Arkansas accused Ole Miss of using an ineligible player and doesn't count the win, and Ole Miss counts it. I mean, that's this is the stuff right here. Houston Nutt left Arkansas in 2007 and then takes the Ole Miss job the next day. 
2015, Arkansas stole the SEC Western Division Championship for Ole Miss. It would have been their first one ever on that miracle play, the Hunter Heave, the Henry Heave. It's a 50-50. Is it the Hunter Heave or the Henry Heave? I guarantee you it's 50-50. So if, if you think it's the Hunter Heave, give the uh, – let's see what we can do. If you think it's the Hunter Heave, throw – what, a thumbs up? Where's an emotion you can throw? Throw throw a heart if you think it's the Hunter Heave. If you think it's the Henry Heave, throw anything else aside from a thumbs up. So if you think it's the Hunter Heave, throw a heart. If you think it's the Henry Heave, throw the angry face. How about that? And we'll, we'll see what everybody thinks on – because I, I guarantee it's going to come out 50-50. Finally, how do you think this one plays out? Is it two case to – close to call, a blowout either way. I think for Arkansas to win, it's important for them to come out and jump out to an early lead. I feel like going on the road in the SEC as a young team, you have to learn how to win. It has to be something that is learned through experience. Okay? you got to figure it out. And this is a young team. I worry for them if they go down there, it's a close game, not knowing how to close it out. And really, if they don't know how to close it out, taking that experience and taking it to the next road trip. So that's why I picked Arkansas to lose this one in the preseason. I picked them to go on the road and beat Kentucky. But I think there's those four games that Arkansas can win. Okay, how long have we gone? 36 minutes. I told Keith it's time for him now. So let me go ahead and bring in Keith Grayson. Just give me one second to get Keith on the horn. Hey, Betty. What's up, Keith? How you doing, man? Nothing, man. One word to the wise. Do not, if, if anybody's listening to this, do not miss Trey Biddy's phone call. All hell breaks loose. <laughs> Gives you the wrath of Trey Biddy. Well, <laughs> I did have – I accidentally had – it's part of it's my fault because I had the computer on, and when anybody calls, everything just blows up. And it's like, do 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 That's my bad. But you did jump in early. I, I always just try to check in with you, you know, make sure we're, we're good to go. But um, Just make sure I'm sober, ready for the conversation. Exactly. I, I, need, to hear gonna, your, I need to hear your voice before I put is, you on air. <laughs> you gotta learn, man. I I uh I think I'm I think I'm the show. I think I'm the talent. You need to bring me on more. It's yeah. getting a little stale with Pete and Danny and whoever uh that guy was on before me. Yeah. Well you definitely keep me in the loop. You have some followers. You have some followers. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm definitely I'm definitely my favorite part of the show. Okay, so enough about you. What do you think about this game? Keith? there yeah i'm here brother you cut out you cut right. out on me a little bit what about so, this game all right i think it's definitely the first to 35 if we if any team gets there everybody's talking about old miss and the old miss and the under right so <laughs> at least from a betting perspective so i usually go opposite the public so i'm saying arkansas on the over i think mm-hmm. it may be we may get some points I, I the the one thing that concerns me is this is not as the as david johnson from old miss said this is not the Ole Miss defense we're used to seeing. If you you watched that Memphis game um, I, after it was over, but and went back and looked at it, and I did the same thing at least the first half. The this the Ole Miss defense is flying around. McIntyre has those dudes playing some simple stuff, and and they're flying to the ball. And so hopefully we can. I've been waiting on Chad Morris to show up like you used to at SMU against. You circled two games, Baylor and TCU, mm-hmm. and it looked like they were the more prepared teams in those games. And I've just been waiting for that to happen, where it looks like they actually have a plan offensively, 
and they're coming out and throwing the kitchen sink at a team. And that's why I think they went with Ben Hicks these first two games, but they didn't bring anything in the damn house to Portland State. They didn't they didn't show I mean why 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 do the coaches always want to hold back stuff? Well, my my philosophy in all this is show everything, so they have they have to prepare for everything. Let I mean, me ask just, you this, Keith, because nobody's saying this, and if we don't we don't broach this topic, then it's going to happen. So we got to talk about it. What if Arkansas goes down there and gets a snot beat out of them? Things just don't go then right. Gonna... You don't you don't get the fumble that was on the ground. You know you you. Fumble something through the back of the end zone. You throw an interception, just dropping key passes, and you get beaten down there. What then? Because everything is great. Everything is trending in the right direction until it's not. Until it's suddenly not. So, what if that happens? We got to talk about it because if we don't, then it will. Then you're going to have all these mouth breathers saying that they want Bobby Petrino back and showing up at the Little Rock Touchdown Club. Would they be wrong to come back? <laughs> would, yeah. would they be wrong? This is, I mean, I don't think it's going to end up like that, but I did want to broach that because, like I said, I get a little bit um, superstitious sometimes, maybe a little bit, and I feel like it needed to be said. But do people really get, I mean, is somebody really going to get blown out in a cripple fight? <laughs> I don't. I just don't see that gonna happen. That's not gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think. It, like, I just look at the box. Careful score. now. Don't don't jinx the jinx. I'm just looking at the box score. How they couldn't get over 200 yards offense against Memphis. Yeah. And at least we have something going. You know that that game should have been 34 to six against Portland State, and that's kind of what the odds makers were saying. Yeah. And that's what I've been preaching the whole time is we got to get that. That points per game has to get closer to thirty-five, and not not in the other. Not we can't stay where we were last year at twenty. No. you know, twenty-one points. That was our average last year. We're right on pace for that. So I, we got to put some points together. But hey, that the defense looked really good. I, one one unsung hero that I have not heard anybody talking about was Greg Brooks because him coming off yeah. that edge that oh, yeah. fast, he missed three. Dude, they three missed sacks. that so bad last year. Having a guy that could come from that nickel spot, the slot, and just get to the quarterback in a hurry. I mean, it's that was that was a difference. I mean, that was that's going to play big role. That's going to play a big role moving forward, I think, on defense. And it's easy. It's something that's easy to correct. He's just got to aim for he's got to aim for the hip a little bit lower and he's he's he lost contain and they they said that's an easy thing to correct mm-hmm. in week 2. So, I like to see Brooks firing off that edge like he shot out of a cannon. Um, Mateo Soli um, is at least we have some service. Matayo. Matayo. We've been out. We all say it wrong. It's Matayo. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I have no. What is that? Is that is that Samoan or Tongan or something? I had a buddy who was Italian, um, Dio Venucci, and his younger brother was Matteo. So that's how I've always said Matteo, but it, it, I always thought it was Italian, but um, it's Matayo. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I just think that. You know, it sucks that he broke his hand, but I, I think that he'll be able to. You know, there won't be much of a drop off, even though Gerald looked like I was, like I saw the same thing you did. That he looked like he was playing for the NFL in that first that oh, first man. couple series. That one stinks because they don't have another guy like that. I mean, they got some talented young freshmen, but they don't have a Dorian Gerald. So that one's tough. I mean, they were they were all set for the Bermuda Triangle 2019 version. You know, with Scuda and 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 Sosa and Dorian, but not going to happen now. That's unfortunate. 
Well, I've I've been waiting on this day. If I don't get it on Saturday, I may start kind of on the, you know, what was me type <laughs> downturn on the season just because I know what Chad, Chad Morris, they come out in like swinging gate formations and then line up to empty and they do all this stuff that we have not seen. None mm-hmm. of the Razorback fans have seen really. Yeah. If you haven't watched any SMU football, you don't know about it. Yeah. And I've been waiting on this and that's why it kicks being the starter can get all these guys in the position that they need to be. And they can throw everything that's in the playbook at these guys. I've looked at also, they set it up already. Uh, I'm probably not talking out of turn because none of the Mississippi coaches are listening to this, but Devion Warren's going to throw a pass out of that, <laughs> out of that reverse. Devion played well in the game the other day. I mean, I think that's another guy that they can use as a weapon. So, so what are you thinking, Keith? You got a score prediction? How's this one going to play out for real? I'm still saying first one to 35 takes it, but I just don't I, – I I don't like – I don't think Miss, – Ole Miss is a six-and-a-half point favorite. Mm-hmm. I don't think that – I don't think they're going to cover that, but I don't know if Arkansas is going to win it either. Yeah. So it's I'm, I'm with you. I, I like those matchups that you used to do where you'd say it was the quarterback versus the secondary, mm-hmm. the offensive line versus the defensive line. And you show the advantages of every position group and then the, and then intangibles, coaching, and atmosphere. I, that breakdown that we used to get, I, I love that. And so that's kind of how I look at everything. And I do like the Arkansas offense against the Ole Miss defense a little bit, just by hair. And then I like the Arkansas defense from what we saw against the Ole Miss offense from what I saw in their game. But what it comes down to, I mean, are we going to see everything? Are we just being fed a bunch of coach speak saying this is vanilla? I can't, I can't listen to that anymore. Mm-hmm. Why the week one stuff? Like we're hiding something. I just, I've never gotten that. Yeah. So. I'm I'm saying it's probably going to be 28-24 Ole Miss. 28-24 Ole Miss. Okay, I, and I agree with you in a lot of sense that you haven't seen it done before. It's hard to predict it. All right, Keith, appreciate you, man. Take care. All right, that's Keith Grayson. Keith Grayson is a longtime Hog Sports member, and right now you can sign up at Hog Sports like Keith for just one dollar for your first month or thirty percent off your first year, and get a seven day free trial with that. But um, Keith is always entertaining. I like having him on the show. Keith, for those who don't know, not only a Hog Sports member, uh, also is a high school football coach in Arizona. He's the disgraced former president and founder of the Arizona Razorback Club. And uh, just an all-around funny guy. So, appreciate Keith Grayson joining us. Plenty of ways to watch and listen. Facebook Live, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Let's get to the rest of the questions here. We've gone over as usual. We always go, I try to shoot for about 42, 45 minutes, and we've gone over. But I want to get to a couple of these questions. Charlie Crawford says, just hope, it, we win, just hope you win. It's time you all got going. Uh, all the gnats and humidity, says Chad. I, Chad, people don't understand. People who complain about mosquitoes don't understand the South Georgia gnats. I mean, it's just like walking out the door, and it's just in your ears. And when I used to have hair, it was like all in my hair. You just, just wait a minute and slap your face. You have just like five to ten gnats on your hand and the humidity. And, of course, it just rains ridiculously. South Georgia, not a pleasant place. Not a pleasant place. Uh, Chris McWilliams says, evening from RFA, RAFB, Lakahana, UK. All right. If Hicks plays with confidence instead of just being a game manager, the offense will explode. D is looking good. Definitely possible. I think they'll be in better sync this one. Uh, and especially those young wide receivers should, you know, got a little bit under their belt. It is a road game, so it's a new experience in that sense. 
Love the interview with Knox. If all the players think like him, we'll go to a bowl. Great attitude from those guys. Casey Rowland says was not impressed with either quarterback play. Not, in, I mean, I don't, I don't see how you could be impressed with either one of them. But we'll see how things move forward when they open up everything. What about Hudson Henry? I think we'll. I think we might see Hudson. He has been working in team periods. He was doing that last week, but you know he got off to a bit of a slow start, having that concussion, missing several practices in camp. Do you think Chad Morris is in over his head? I think that's to be determined. I wouldn't say that. Spencer Offenbacker says six sacks last Saturday. How many do we rack up this weekend? Um, Corral is mobile, but he's not as mobile as that last kid, but he's a better passer, although he didn't show that very well in the last game. I think they can get to him. I mean, losing Dorian Gerald hurts. I mean, that guy, he may not have been credited with some of the sacks, but he costs some of them also. Matt Worley says, got a feeling you will see Hammer down for the first time. I mean, it's been over a year since we've been watching this team play football. It's been over a year. This is the first time. If they've got full tilt boogie, this is the first time we'll be able to see it. Tyler Dixon says the Hunter heave. Dustin Dover says the Hunter heave. Andrew Sims, Hail Henry. Eh, Hail Henry's not bad. Haven't heard that one. Bryson Morris says, glad I brought I bought the package worth every dime. Appreciate you, Bryson. Be like Bryson. Sign up. It's $1 for your first month. I promise you, everybody who's on there is like, man, I thought I was just going to come up and sign up for this little period or something, but it's the best 10 bucks I spend a month. It's $9.95 after that first month if you like what you get, or you can take 30% off your first year. So be like Bryson Morris. Be smart. Sign up for hogsports.com for your number one insider, independent source on the Razorbacks. Trenton Wiggins says it would have, wouldn't appear drops. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be drops if the pass wasn't so off and behind. Well, a couple. I mean, so the one to Chase Harrell in the flats that would have probably gone for easy first down plus more was right – I mean, it's at his chin. I mean, you can't throw it much better than that. Um, there was another one that was perfectly over his shoulder, should have hauled it in. It would have been 20 yards. Um, the one to Knox was a little bit behind it, but it wasn't uncatchable. I mean, we're talking about in his body, you know. you got to catch that one. Um so that was three of them. There was a fourth. I can't remember what the fourth was. They uh, Maybe count that one to Rakeem Boyd on the screen, but that was just a bad throw. You talk about a bad throw. That was a bad throw if they're counting that one. Kyle Carver says secondary is going to have to show up at the Grove. Absolutely. Played good in their, their debut. Chase Hagen-Jones says the Henry Heave. Portland State would have been shut out without their FCS kicker hitting 50, 50 and 47. That was that guy was that guy was killing it. Dwight Raleigh says, in my opinion, you run a vanilla offense, at least execute the plays you run. Good point, Dwight. And should you be worried about what they're trying to take away from you since they're an FCS team? Jennifer Doss says, Oh no, don't put that bad out there. Matt Worley says, We get beaten down there and you will see maybe twenty thousand people for the next two games. It will be bad. Terry Roy says, I agree. Either show what you got or do you have anything? This is year two. Bobby Swain says then it's a major problem, I would think. Matt Worley says, I don't think the defense looked all that great. The pursuit angle was horrid. Anybody else would have scored. Hicks won't throw a deep ball, says Megan. I think he did lack a little bit of killer instinct. Jimmy Carpenter says, I'll be there. Had a circle since the schedule was released. I think we should go with Nick, says Megan. Chris Archer. Joey Patrick says, play calling got to be better. Dustin Pleasant says, what are the chances we see KJ this season? You'll see him this season. I just don't know when, but you'll see him. Probably not in this one, even though he's from Mississippi. I mean, if things got out of hand one way or the other, maybe. The secondary is a bright spot, says Garrett Michael Scott. How many more we got? Not too many more. Lacey Scott Williams says, we didn't run the vanilla stuff good. 
at all what makes everyone think we're running. I mean, that's a good point. It is a good point. Didn't run the basic stuff. Do you think our offensive coordinator is the guy we need? I think it's to be determined. I mean, this is the first time we're actually going to see the opened-up offense. Lloyd could play a legitimate role late in the game. I think I was surprised to see Lloyd not start as a punter, but I think you're going to see him moving forward. Randy Smith says, first trip to Oxford is the Grove. The Grove isn't overrated. It's just that everybody's got that now. Everybody's got a similar setup. You know, it's not that it's – it was the first, you know. So, definitely it deserves credit for the legacy and stuff, but everybody's got something like that now, you know. Um, Is the Blind Pig a cool bar? I don't remember the Blind Pig. I don't remember the name of many bars. Logging on late. Logging in on late. I have to watch again, but your prediction for this week. I went 29-24 Ole Miss. I just have to see them win on the road before I feel like I can predict it. I think it's going to be a close game that I go with the home team usually. But Arkansas can absolutely win. Hope that answers your – it may not be the answer you want, Stephen Baker, but I think they can win. Chris McWilliams says Brooks can make an impact like Painter did in 98. A great nickel can be a game changer. Brooks went he – had, he added 20 pounds since he arrived here. He, I mean, he was like 167. I think he's 180-something now. Megan Chris Archer said me and some buddies went down a few years ago, and it really is a nice campus. Yeah, the Ole Miss fans are rude. Uh, Jim Taylor says, hey, Trey, Trey, Jim Taylor from Fresno, California, just wants you to know that Hog Sports is the most informative Razorback info for those of us living out in Fayetteville and the Arkansas area. Thanks for the hard work. Well, we appreciate you, Jim Taylor. And we'll wrap it up with Terry Roy. Do they beat those pans out there? Do they beat the pans? I'm not sure, Terry. All right, everybody. I want to thank you for joining us one more time. Hogsports.com is $1 for your first month or 30% off your first year with a seven-day free trial with that. Thank you for watching on Facebook Live. Throw us a thumbs up right now if you haven't done so already. On YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Throw us a like if you like what, the, what we're doing here at Hogsports.com and with Hogsports Live. Subscribe to the channel and hit that notifications bell immediately after doing so. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and shut it down right now. I'm not going to tell you anything else. Go write us a review. Throw us a five-star rating. We would love to have that from you. It helps boost our channel up. Anytime somebody searches something for Arkansas, it helps us get up there. Also on Spotify and Stitcher. All right, everybody, I want to thank you for joining us. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>